This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Let's get back to You Better You Bet, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Fourth and final hour of You Better You Bet, presented by Bet MGM. PJ Glasser filling in for Nick Costos along with Ken Barkley. Nick will be back tomorrow for the final hour of the show. You can watch us on twitch.tv slash BetQL. You can also watch and listen on youtube.com backslash Odyssey Sports. You can listen on the Odyssey app for free. We'll also be on Sirius Channel 160 and Sirius XM 205. We have reached the fourth and final region of Lockatology. We are in the intersection of sports and pop culture. And uh, Mike Brown, there you go. Right, we've reached the fourth and final. We've made it to the final region. Mike Brown pulls up the uh, the graphics, and we got Arizona as the one seed, Southern the sixteen, Washington State, who's having a really good year, out of the Pac twelve. They match up against Northwestern in the eight nine. BYU, the five seed against South Florida, had a great great win over the weekend against FAU. That's the five twelve. Creighton against Akron, the four thirteen. Be a fun 6-11 matchup. Colorado State against the winner of Gonzaga and Indiana State. What a uh, playing game that could be. Duke against Moorhead State in the 3-14. Michigan State against Texas A&M in the 7-10. And then Kansas, the two-seed, matching up against Colgate. So once again, your top seeds, Arizona the one, Kansas the two, Duke the three. You have Creighton as the four and BYU as the five. So, Ken, I'll ask you, as we've reached the intersection yeah. of sports and pop culture. We're there. Yeah. We, have, we are here. What, what sticks out to you as you look at uh, this region with, obviously, a lot of noticeable brand names in the sport? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I probably split. I think I have two kind of uh, primary topics for this region. One is mm-hmm. just Arizona. And then two would be all the teams in the bottom half of the region, which you kind of allude to, or like a lot of the big names in the sport. I'll do Arizona first. Uh, we are finally there. Like we've talked about every team kind of like up to right now. So we've kind of revealed every team. Uh, there are only two teams uh, that are currently, as we reach February 20th, that pass every test that I can think of and that I've measured to win the national championship at this exact moment, that it can be different in a week. It could be different in two weeks. These teams could fall out. Other teams could come in. But if we're just like taking the temperature of the sport right now, UConn would be the first team. And I don't think that's surprising to anybody. Uh, and Arizona is the second. And maybe that would be surprising to some people. And Houston is kind of this team on the periphery. They do pass everything, but like it's just not perfect, and I'm concerned and whatever. So they're kind of the third team, but like I don't think I can ever bet them at a low price. But Arizona is a pretty interesting team. Um, To be fair, like if you heard that, you'd be like, well, wait a minute. You just told me that you don't like to bet Purdue because of Matt Painter. 
And you don't like to bet Marquette because of Shaka Smart's history in the tournament. You don't like to bet Tennessee who because of Rick Barnes' history in the tournament. How can you look at the first couple of years of Tommy Lloyd and be like, that's the team, like they're the winner, when that like, was my they, question. they have underperformed ex- insanely versus expectation. They lost to a yep. 15 last year, and I'm going to have them winning the title? What? And I'm not saying I have them to win the title. I'm telling you how they look on a sheet of paper. Um, I don't have a good answer for that. Uh, I guess my answer would be I passed UConn last year because Hurley had tr- had just really like bricked two NCAA tournaments. Uh, for people who don't remember, UConn's first two tournament appearances with Hurley prior to you know winning the title were they played uh, Maryland in a 7-10 and got completely embarrassed and undressed in the game. Then they came back in a 5-12 the next year and lost outright. So like... Again, if we were looking at UConn last year, I said that a bunch of times. I go like, look, they look really good, but I'm just not sure about Hurley as a coach. It was early. It was this is I think he coached one year before their first tournament appearance, so that would have been the fourth year that he was the coach last year. It was early on, and maybe there should have been a part of me that was like, you know, they are kind of on a, like a big upward trajectory here. Like that team, like every year's team has been better than the year before. Shouldn't they take a step forward? And I'm not saying this is like totally apples to apples. The team two years ago was really good, uh, one seed good. And this team's probably just, you know, rated the same as that. But I think like I have to kind of learn from that. And especially in a really small sample, like a couple year sample, just at least be open minded that a coach could to do something different for one year when gifted with like a really, really talented program and at least consider it more possible. I was like too dismissive of UConn. Uh, I, there were only three teams that made sense last year, Houston, UCLA and UConn. And I picked UCLA. And like at my own peril, they both ended up in the same region. Gonzaga beat one and then lost to the other. UConn's off and running. They go win the tournament. And so, you know, the lesson for me from that is like, okay, like knowing about the coach stuff is cool and like can be a part of the conversation. It can't be everything. So like I'm I'm a little open-minded on some teams, but they have to statistically pass every test. And Arizona does. It's UConn and them, and that's it. And it's Houston, like kind of a little bit as third. And then there's nobody else that I want that I would even think about betting right now. They all have monster red flags, every single other team. Um, and that makes Arizona pretty special. Honestly, if you were looking for a team that's not UConn, uh, they Arizona's awesome at everything. They're really good. And they have a guy who they've never had before in Caleb Love, who literally has already been in huge moments in the tournament and won games in deep rounds. And that's not a guy that they've had the last few years. Haven't had that before. Guy like beat Duke, basically. Like, not single-handedly, but was a big part of the, the reason why that happened in the Final Four. So just like having a guy like that on a team like this Maybe that's the magic concoction. Maybe that's the kind of magic thing that makes this team that good. Um, am I worried about the coach? Sure. Um, but like, it's so early in his tenure. I'm at least open-minded. Maybe he turns out to be Rick Barnes 2.0. It's totally possible. But like, I'm at least open-minded that that something could be happening here. Yeah, and that's that's really my only concern because I agree. Arizona, the team, I love them. I mean, to your point, their backcourt love Boswell great. You got a defensive stopper in Pella Larson. Omar Balo is one of the best big men in the country. Like their team is the profile. They have the makeup of a team that you want to back in March. I just, 
you know, a big part of this too, you were bringing up kind of the Danny Hurley example, which I think is a good one. He was a coach at Rhode Island before, before he went to UConn. You know, he got some taste in the tournament. He had some failures there. Tommy Lloyd just came right from Gonzaga as an assistant coach to Arizona. So I still wonder if he has to go through some growing pains and also coming from a Mark Few staff who obviously fell short so many times that gives me a lot of concern and kind of seeing what Arizona has been the last few years in the tournament. And I know that maybe it's unfair to Tommy Lloyd and like you shouldn't compare the two things because, you know, the decision that Mark Few makes as a coach are different than what Lloyd does. But like that's still in the back of my mind as well. Arizona is a tough team for me. They, they are a tough team. They played a really tough non-conference schedule and they had some really good results. Um, and like you said, I mean, their team profiles is one that certainly could make a deep run. So a lot of basketball left. Arizona, to me, Ken, also kind of feels a little UConn-ish from last year in the sense that they obviously didn't go undefeated in the non-conference, but they had a lot of really good results, kind of went through their bump in conference play, right? Lost some games they shouldn't have, went on a little bit of a losing streak, and now they're just rolling, and they got their groove back. Um, so they're an interesting team to watch here down the stretch. I want to get your thoughts on Kansas. I have been on this network saying that I am looking forward to fading Kansas in the tournament. Oh boy. I cannot to do it. And Ken, let me tell you, if we get Kansas as the two seed and Michigan seven is the seven as uh as the seven seed with Kansas as the two, it's going to be one of my biggest bets of the tournament with Sparty against Kansas. I cannot wait. Kansas has one of the best starting fives in college basketball. They're just too inconsistent in offense. And McCullough's been like banged up the whole year in and out of the lineup. Like you really know, never know who's going to play for Kansas. Um, so I would like Michigan State in that in that game. I think that's a terrible draw for Kansas. But, you know, because they're Kansas and they're a big brand and they were the number one team in the country to start the year and they play in a tough league and they have a lot of stars on their team, I think everybody's going to like them. But their point guard is like Dewan Harris is a throwback point guard. Great assist turnover ratio, great on-ball defender, but he's not like a guy who can go get you 30, 20, 30. Like, he's not a scorer. That's not what he does. I just don't think they have enough scores on their team, and that lack of offense I think is going to catch up with them. So Kansas I don't love. Michigan State I do like a lot. And Duke is another really interesting team. So any thoughts for you on uh, Kansas, Michigan State, or Duke? Yeah, I think I can just kind of rapid fire these because all the teams at the bottom are compelling in some way. Uh, Kansas, Michigan State, not in any order. Kansas, Michigan State, Duke, I, Gonzaga, I think is interesting for a specific reason too. Um, so Kansas, to your point about fading, uh, they don't strike me as a fade. Like, I'm not like, man, every round I'm going to bet against this team. They don't strike me. Like, that's not how I would approach them. Uh, mm -hmm. They're definitely flawed. They have obvious offensive red flags, which you've identified, which exists and are real. And I think do cap their ceiling for right now. Like, if the tournament started tomorrow, I, they're definitely not a winner. Um, there are a very small number of teams that aren't winners right now, but can get there by the finish line. And they're actually one. So they're not they're not there now. I am not saying Kansas is going to win the national championship. It is kind of a wacky fit because they won so recently, and this team's definitely not as good as that team. So like it's not it's not perfect, but they uh, they're interesting in that way. There aren't a lot of teams that have the potential to get back into that group, and they're one of them. I guess my question is just like, are they ever really going to do it? 
and I haven't seen it yet consistently. Right. And so I think that's why you would have questions right now, but I, I, I keep an open mind with them, especially um, a team that was like good enough in non-conference has some signature wins, obviously has like a program history team profile that lends itself to making deep runs, winning a national championship a couple of years ago. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not out, but I agree with you that like you, right now it's, the, the it's too flawed it's it doesn't look right to be a a deep tournament team so i i wouldn't be i definitely wouldn't be playing on um keeping an open mind on them down the stretch like can they at least get the profile to a certain level kind of similar to what north carolina's up against here in the final month i would say i would group those two teams together um michigan state i just uh i want to see where this goes <laughs> they uh they i think it would surprise people how many boxes they check as a team to make a deep run this year. Uh, they are extremely interesting. Maybe not title interesting, but they're really interesting. Just got to see how the last month looks. In a way, they're kind of like Kansas, but one's a two and one's a seven. And they both got some some work to do, but not as much as you'd think to for the profile to be good. Duke is the same. They're a team that can get back in the mix here. They're really close. Like, they're really interesting and I, I have a friend of mine who follows the sport and he's like no way i'm never betting this team to do anything and i'm like you just like don't say that yet because like because <laughs> like Proctor's gonna come back and he hasn't been a part of the team and he was bad and he was hurt and like all these things are true also in three weeks when he's killing it you might want to play on them would be like kind of like the way i would approach it and he missed the game on saturday with a concussion and they're really talented so like all these teams i'm kind of like don't like don't lose faith here a little bit. Like they can still be something. Michigan State can still be something really good. Kansas can still be a winner. Duke can be a winner. They're just not there right now. But there are some teams where like I'm out no matter what. Those three teams aren't like that. They're like I'm I'm waiting. Like they could be in. And that's really interesting. Hopefully they don't get seated together when that happens. And then my Gonzaga's not, they're not like that. Like I'm I'm not gonna say Gonzaga can be a winner. Um, just that. You mentioned Tommy Lloyd and Mark Few, right? And and your mm-hmm. your point was Gonzaga is a team that look like they they've been a big time seed a lot of times and it never really went really well. It did make the title game once, lost a game they should never have lost to North Carolina. I always thought Gonzaga was better than them, uh, but they didn't. They lost, and uh, North Carolina won the title as a result. And the other times it's been a lot of fizzles. I will say though, I think I think Gonzaga always plays the NCAA tournament to like a three or a four seed baseline. So when they're when they're rated like a one, they're really like a four. And when they're rated like a 12, they're really like a four and they play like it. So like I I would just tell people like, look, this team's worse than all the other ones that you remember the last few years. But if they get in a play in game or they get in a first round 11 six, which they're in in this matchup and they, I mean, they could draw a Mountain West team in an 11 six and they're going to be like picking the game. Gonzaga the whole way for me there. Few does really well in these situations. That's so I true. would just like remind people of that. Like, yeah, when they're a one, I'm the first one saying don't bet them. But when they're like yep. a 10 or a 12, like they're going to win a game or two. Like it's going to happen. So that's my point on them. That's kind of the non-Arizona part of the bracket. It's a good point because I remember one year they were like 11 C when they had like Kyle Wilcher and they just got into the tournament. I think they made like an Elite Eight run or Sweet 16 or something like that. They they had I a believe good that run. Was they beat uh, Seton Hall St. when uh, Isaiah Whitehead's oh. shot like two for seventy-five in the game or whatever. Yeah, you're so, correct. Like, that was uh, that was that six eleven. Yeah, they've had a couple of those. I mean, that's not the only one. Like they're yeah. not bad. They at least get you like one win, maybe two in these spots. And I think if they do make the tournament, you could see that same thing again. 
Uh, Indiana State, I think if they make the tournament, that's going to be a very popular team that you're going to hear a bunch of media members talking about just because they are a really good offensive team. South Florida is a team that I would keep an eye on. They had a big upset of Florida Atlantic over the weekend. They uh, got off to a slow start this season, but ever since, they are just killing it. They're 12-1 and in conference play. Really interesting region in Lockatology. And we come back, Ken's going to give out some thoughts on the ice in the NHL. And then uh, about in 20 minutes or so, we wrap up the show with our best bets. You better, you bet, presented by BetMGM. Couple segments left to go. PJ Glasser, Ken Barkley. We'll be right back with You Better, You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to You Better, You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. You Better, You Bet, presented by BetMGM. PJ Glasser filling in for Nick Costos alongside with Ken Barkley. I love some of these commercial breaks when we're reliving old NCAA tournament games. Some of these names that pop up. Ken, I was looking at a 2011 St. John's Gonzaga game. Remember good old Robert Sacre, who was... uh, was with the Lakers oh, yeah. and like the Lakers Kings great. for a little Yeah. That's right. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. Gonzaga Pig. Completely forgot about him. Uh, great show. Locketology was awesome. Make sure you go back, check it out on the You Better You Bet podcast. The final couple segments of the show, you can listen to us on Sirius Channel 160, Sirius XM 205. We are also still streaming on twitch.tv slash BeckQL and YouTube backslash Odyssey Sports. But Ken, I know here during the Power Hour, you uh, you had some thoughts in the NHL that you wanted to give out. Yeah, there's two markets. Uh, well, there's probably more than two, but there's two that are interesting to me um, that I just wanted to talk about real quick. We did a little bit on one yesterday. That's the Hart Trophy for League Most Valuable Player. And then the second one where I have a pretty, I wouldn't say I have a crazy opinion, PJ, but like, you know, I think you, I'm guessing you you probably have this feeling all the time, like middle of the season, late in the season, but still games left. There's like a team and you go like, I think they're going to, people are doing this in the NBA right now too. I think there's a team that can close like white hot, like the last 30 games, last 20 games, baseball, maybe like the final month of the season. Like, I think there's a team that's going to go crazy and they're not being rated like that at all. And in hockey, it's, I guess my question with this team, and I'll go into it in a second, is like, how crazy do I want to get? Like, do I want to play them just to go over their point total, which is like a really average kind of a result, like a win total in the NA, in the NFL? Uh, do I want to play them crazier than that? Like, are we talking division where there's a big favorite in their division right now? Is it President's Trophy, which would seem I got laughed at by three different people when I said this earlier today. So I don't know how crazy I want to get. Uh and they could lose their big favorite tonight. They could lose tonight. And I and it's okay. Like, that's just what it is. Uh, I think there's a chance the LA Kings are going to close white hot. And there's a couple reasons why I think this. A uh, team that's been rated really strongly the entire year and had a catalyst event and is coming out of it, which is that they fired their coach and they got a new coach. And the new coach is actually kind of an interesting character in that he's never really had the opportunity to coach an NHL team before. And he hasn't really had an opportunity to coach a lot of different teams. And in his very limited success at like junior hockey, he was like astoundingly good. And then never has really gotten a chance to show anything. And 
there's at least potential. Maybe this is like a guy. Maybe this is somebody who could really like motivate a team and get them playing at a level that's like honestly like commensurate with how they were rated before the year, which is this is a team that had a chance to win their division before the year. And the Kings had a chance to get a lot of points, be a hundred plus point team, maybe make a deep playoff run. Uh, the goaltending's not quite as good as it is for other teams. I totally acknowledge that. But just uh, since he took over, they played a pretty interesting stretch of difficult games and they won almost all of them. Uh, I would say capped off by a game they had Saturday over the weekend where they went to Boston, scored late in the third and won in overtime against the Bruins, who are not playing great right now, but who are definitely one of the five or six best teams in the league. And the interesting thing with the Kings for me is, so their adjusted point total in the market's like a hundred and a half. Uh, I think they're going to win more than that. I bet the over. Um, the linchpin of this is the schedule. Almost all the playoff teams that are like of a of a certain caliber uh, have pretty difficult schedules remaining. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Boston's got a difficult schedule. Toronto's got a difficult schedule. Like I just, you go through the list, the Kings are uniquely positioned. They're basically with the tanking teams. They have the easiest schedule imaginable remaining the rest of the year. So you've got a new coach who's kind of maybe ignited something, but it's early, so nobody's in on it yet. Like everybody's like, well, let's wait and see. And you've got a schedule that lends itself to getting white hot. You've also got a really interesting wrinkle, and this is the third part of it. They're way behind the Vancouver Canucks, who are like, I have a lot of money on to do a lot of things. And so I'm trying to kind of play defense here. Like, who do I have to worry about in the division? Who do I have to worry about across the board for the President's Trophy? The Kings are way back in the division. But if you were going to design a team that could come from way far back, you would want two attributes. You would want a really easy schedule like make up a lot of ground really fast. That makes a lot of sense. And you would want to play the team in first a lot because that's the best way to gain on them. Beat them. You get, they get zero points. You get two. And it's like, and don't leave it to chance that they lose games. Like you got to take the points. You got to play them. They play the Canucks four times in the next 25 games. It's like a really astonishing coincidence. So basically their schedule is comprised of walkover opponents and the Canucks. And it's this really unique recipe where like, if this coach clicks, and this is actually similar to Vancouver's coach, Rick Tockett took over a team last year that was floundering and they closed hot. Now they weren't going to like get in the playoffs and make a deep run. Like the Kings are better than the Canucks are last year, but we see this sometimes. I think a lot of people think Patrick Waugh and the Islanders, that's kind of what's going to happen. And it hasn't yet. They've, they've been pretty good, but they haven't been as good maybe as people hoped. And maybe like, maybe something's up here. And I think the thing that I like the most about it is no one thinks it's going to happen. So like 100 and a half point total adjusted. I've seen as high as 20 to win the division. There are 100 to win the President's Trophy, which Vancouver would currently win if the season ended today. President's is rough because like if they beat Vancouver, then like someone else wins that was behind Vancouver. Like they can't like if they bring the Vancouver down, somebody else like the Panthers win the President's Cup probably if that happens, right. maybe the Bruins or, or the Stars. But like. I think the Kings, like, I'm really interested in this because, like, if you can get in at the start of this, there's like Ty Lue and the Clippers to a certain extent after the Harden trade. If you can get in on something, not right at the beginning, but when you just get those, like, there's a little smoke. Oh, like the Clippers got James Harden and, like, I remember the first big Clippers when they had is they beat Denver and all the quotes after the game were like, we're finally playing at a level that we think we can play at. And you kind of read that and you go like, huh? And we, I, we did it on the show. We bet the Clippers to win the Pacific division right after that game, I think at like eight to one, nine to one, they're going to win the division probably. Um, not the same, but like a similar handicap. I, I think PJ, the Kings, it's like, how crazy do you want to get? Do you want to get just points over crazy, which is not crazy. 
at all. <laughs> it's like the least crazy thing you could do. Do you want to bet the division? They play the Canucks a lot. Do you want to put a couple bucks on the president? Like, what if they just win everything going down the stretch? It's a hundred to one. What they play their next three games: home Columbus, home Nashville, home Anaheim. Like, spoiler alert: that's win, win, win. A lot. They can lose. They could lose tonight, but they're like 260 in the game, and they're a really big favorite in the game. And uh, what happens in three games? What happens when they go win, win, win? They're going to be 100 to 1 anymore? They're going to be 20, 16, 15 to 1 to win the division anymore? Meanwhile, Vancouver's in an absolutely brutal spot tonight. Second night of a back to back at Colorado. Good luck. Uh, just like, I mean, you know, like, what's, how's this going to go? So you just play, are you, I just try to just play out the results. What looks like it's going to happen? And if that happens, how does the market move on this stuff? I think there's a chance the Kings could see a really big upgrade in how they're being rated. And we're at the start of maybe like a new coach and kind of a catalyst in this team catching fire. doesn't have to happen. They could lose tonight, but some really interesting stuff there, I think, with them. And and the time to get in would be, maybe they fail, but the time to get in if they're going to succeed would probably be really soon just based on how the schedule breaks down. I like it. I mean, you've sold me. I certainly am going to take some futures on the Kings plus 900. No, no, to, uh, oh, congratulations. To <laughs> yes, right. yeah, probably, Final score, Blue Jackets 5, Kings 2. Right, there you go. All right. So, I think I'll take the Kings at uh, plus 900 actually to win the West. I kind of like that. Because, Ken, I mean, can you explain to me? You obviously well, you follow playoffs. the NHL. I don't think What's you want up? to bet playoffs with them. I think oh, you want to bet, bet like playoffs. regular season stuff. Like I think you like I in the playoffs, like maybe they could win the Stanley Cup, I don't know. But I think the whole thing is they're viewed as impossibly far back in the regular season to do anything. Like, mm. you know, 100 plus like 110 plus points past the Canucks contend for the presidents. There's just not a lot of games left. There's like 30 games left. Uh yeah like less, like 28 games left on average, I think for most teams. So there's just not a lot of time left and they're being viewed as like, well, they're just too far back. Whereas playoffs is like, that's a clean slate, right? Like you're not, there's not the time pressure, which is going to create the market that we're getting with these prices. So my advice to you is like, well, look, I mean, if you're in on this, you could be in and, and welcome and thank you for your support. Um, but I would bet regular, if you do like what I'm selling, I do any kind of regular season. And it's just how much risk do you want to take? Maybe just bet the points over. And you got a team to root for the rest of the year that's playing an easy schedule, and that's it, and that's all it is. But uh, I think it could, it could get crazy. There's a chance it gets crazy. I mean, your luck recently with the hundred to one bets with Joe Flacco kind of want to take a piece. <laughs> kind of want to take a piece uh, out of Kelsey that. Imagine if Super Bowl MVP. Imagine if he won Super Bowl Man. MVP. It would just be, uh, I'd be the my the my head would be off the computer. going to be so big it'd be unable to capture on camera, and it would, I wouldn't be able to help it. Um, I would, I would not have a lot of humility. It'd be terrible. I'd be insufferable to people. I'm sure. Um, yeah. So I think they're interesting. Kind of talking about MVP for a second too. I don't have any, I don't, yeah. I don't have a strongest sell on this, but, uh, like, I just, I feel like I finished that and you're just like, Oh my God, take my money. Like the, what is it? The fry from Futurama. He grabs the cash out of the wallet. Like here, take my money. Um, I like it. MVPs, MVPs more nuanced. Have you followed this race at all? Like to even just like the top level guys to know what's going I on? I have not. No, I know that uh, obviously McKinnon's in front. I know Kucherov is kind of uh, close there. McDavid yep. is uh, is right there too. I know those are like the three guys. That, those are that's that's one, two, three, like in the polling that we had, I think uh, a while ago. So the the thing everyone's been trying to solve about this recently is Austin Matthews' recent success and how close that puts him to... McKinnon, or at least like the other two players. 
um, McDavid and Kucherov, the likelihood it's someone outside that four is getting smaller and smaller and smaller as we like tick off more games. They're just, it's probably not Pasternak, which I hoped it was going to be a goalie's not going to win. Quinn Hughes probably isn't going to win. He's a defenseman. And so it's like, all right, it's, it's all right. It's probably one of the four, but like, how would you have them ordered? And however you had them ordered a week ago, Austin Matthews has gone on this insane goal scoring run. He had a hat trick in one game, had a hat trick in the next game, which almost never happens. And then scored again yesterday, had a goal and an assist. Also, the team's been winning these games. So their team success increases at the same time. And, you know, MVP in NBA and all the other sports that you follow, like it's player success and team success combined. Like that's usually what creates the most valuable player. So I think what everyone's trying to figure out is like, can Matthews really do this? And we haven't had polling in a little bit. And since the last poll, McKinnon's basically been as bad as you can be and the team can't stop losing. And Matthews has been as good as you can be and the team can't stop winning. How much ground did he make up? Like, did he? is it close right now? Is he in second? Is he behind Kucherov still? Is it close? Like, I think everyone's trying to figure out what this is. And it's it's tough not to be, like, tantalized by... I mean, Matthew's price has been bet down in a bunch of places, but like, God, I mean, MGM is displaying a seven on the screen, right? Like, I go bet that for whatever they'll take right now, by the way. That's almost like off market at this point. What is his true price? I still think McKinnon's the most likely to win, but like not by a lot. And I think a, a good way to beat him would be a guy that has an unconscionable goal scoring, something that's so eye-catching. Kucherov's not going to be eye-catching. It's going to be, he, maybe he leads the NHL in points, that's not like a sexy accomplishment, although it does matter. Like that'll be part of his case, obviously, and it'll be a strong point. But it's not like, oh my God, did you see Kucherov at 111 by whatever, whatever like a high number of points is? It's not, it won't be like that. Like when Westbrook averages a triple double or a guy has 70 points in an NBA game or like, and Kucherov doesn't have any of that right now. McDavid won last year and he's won three times and this season sucks versus last season. So like he's a victim of last year. I think he's got, very small likelihood of winning. I don't think there's no chance because there's too many games left to say that, but like, I don't want to bet him and I would have him fourth out of the four. And so you kind of get to Matthews and you go, all right, you got like Kucherov is going to lead the league in points. The team's not great. That hurts. You got McDavid. He won. He's won three. And this is not as, this won't be his best season. Last year will always be his best season. That's not great. And you go, and now here's a guy who might score just a bajillion goals in a season if he keeps it up. I mean, like, the problem is if you bet him, you need him to keep scoring a lot. <laughs> and so there's no guarantee that that's going to happen. Like, I mean, it's it's kind of a luck-driven thing to a certain extent. So I think it's it's McKinnon and Matthews down the stretch. And I've, uh, I've talked to a lot of people. I've just been like, how close do you think this is right now? And I get a really wide range of answers. I get some people who are like, Matthews is ahead now, and he wasn't ahead before. And then I get some people who go like, it was a big gap to make up, and everyone loves McKinnon. The voters are dying to give him this award. It's going to take a lot to unseat that. And so I think when you get a wide range of opinions, you get a lot of people betting a lot of different things in the market. The prices have all moved around a lot. It's a fun market to bet into. All four guys, plus 150 or better now. Um, I'd be like, big McKinnon, big Matthews. If Kucherov beats you, you tip the cap. If McDavid beats you, you tip the cap. If you, especially if you have no money in the market, I'd be like heavy those two. And I think it's McKinnon wins unless Matthew scores a, a ton of goals. And that's kind of how I'd be thinking about that market right now. That's a lot more fun. That's that's not like Ken's crazy opinion on the Kings. There's there's a few different ways this one can go. Has McKinnon ever won the uh, 
the MVP no, award before? And that's a big part of it. And that's a big, that's, yeah. I think that's part of the, I believe he's come in second twice. I'd have to go back and check. Mm. I, I'm not sure about that, but I believe he's been close to winning multiple times. And, you know, Matthews already has one. He had whatever, 60 goals, whatever he had a couple of years ago. Um, yep. David's won three. Kucherov has won this award before. He won it about five years ago. Remember the Lightning won, won the Stanley Cup all those years in a row. He won one of those. So like everyone's got one and McKinnon never has. So it's like, oh, like Goldschmidt winning an LMVP a while ago. Like, oh, I never got one. So like, let's give it to him. Maybe that's happening here. Unless Matthew scores a lot of goals. That's like sort of, a, there's an unless that's going along with that as Matthews keeps playing really well. Yeah, totally makes sense. Great stuff there from Ken on the ice. We come back, we wrap up the show, give out our best bets here for Tuesday night. PJ Glasser, Ken Barkley, You Better You Bet presented by BetMGM. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. You Better You Bet, presented by by BetMGM, PJ Glasker filling in for Nick Costos today, who is going to be back tomorrow alongside Ken Barkley. Thanks again to the two guests that we had on today. Isaac Trotter, he was uh, he was awesome. Gave us some great college hoop content, gave out some picks for tonight. You can follow him on Twitter at Isaac underscore Trotter, national college basketball writer for 24-7 Sports. Also had our guy Noops on, betting analyst for FTN Bets, BetUS NBA, and host of Hoops with Noops. Gave out some great futures bets in the association. So again, go listen to the podcast. Check those guys out. Final segment here for us. Tyler Morales is going to give out a couple picks in college basketball. I'm going to give out some picks as well. But just a reminder that you guys can watch the final segment on twitch.tv slash betql. You can also go to YouTube backslash Odyssey Sports. And uh, you can find us on Sirius Channel 160 and Sirius XM 205. Make sure after we're done, you stick around for BetMGM tonight with Ryan Horvat and Rob Brown. They have you covered from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern time right here on the Bet. QL Network. Ken, we've talked a lot of college basketball today. Has it been nice getting all this uh, college basketball content out yeah. there, doing some locketology? I know it's a little bit earlier than you're used to. Absolutely. It's been, it, it was, dude, it was so much fun. And you're great to do this with because, like, I, I need someone who's like watched the games to be like, Hey man, like I know you think you like this team, like nah, -uh. like don't, trust me, you don't want this team. Or like you on Kansas, like I haven't watched Kansas, and you like yeah. I look at them on a sheet of paper, they look like something. You're saying no, I watch the games, they look like something completely different. I think that's really interesting when you get those two different viewpoints that uh that kind of balance against each other or kind of conflict with each other. Yeah, it's just it was uh prepping the show and just the last few days of getting up to speed on this stuff. It's just like. It's just the best. I love the NCAA turn. I don't like regular seasons, whatever for me now. It's just not my thing anymore. And I, I appreciate people that still love it. It's great. Um, it's just not for me anymore. But I just am obsessed with the NCAA. We were talking off air about, first of all, I dropped like Isaiah Whitehead on the air the like uh, the two segments ago. It's like the seat. Oh, yeah, that's Seton Hall Gonzaga game like nine years ago. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that one. <laughs> like, that's just, uh, I just love this stuff. It's the best. And just thinking about who can win. Looking at a bracket. Who doesn't love looking at a bracket? It's the best. I'm in a real bracket, and I'm still looking at it. You took a half hour out of your day earlier. You're filling out stuff. So, yeah, it's been great. It's been really, really enjoyable. Have you ever won a uh, bracket pool? Have you won multiple bracket pools before in the past? 
I've uh, I've never. Oh, I did win one. Oh, this is actually a funny story. Uh, a two really, really, really quick two part story. I came in second doing my own bracket. Uh, the year I think I was twelve. The year that UMass lost to Kentucky in the regional final. The really good UMass team with Padilla and Travieso and Marcus Camby uh, lost to the eventual champion Kentucky with, you know, like nine pros, uh, Antoine Walker, <laughs> like Walter McCarty, Tony Delk. Um, mm-hmm. Like when they, they played the national semifinal, that was really the final. God, it, UMass beat, I, they made Iverson in the regional final that year too. It's unbelievable they didn't win, but Kentucky was so good. Um, I came in second because I had UMass winning the title and the other guy had Kentucky. So I came in second and I got like everything else right. And then I won another year. I submitted my bracket. And then my, this is just proof that you shouldn't watch the games if you want to do well in March. I submitted my bracket, which was terrible. This was in 2003. Uh, this was the year that Syracuse beat Kansas. And uh, this, I, I also remember Drew Nicholas hit a game-winning shot for Maryland in the first round of the tournament. And I like ran naked down the hall of my dorm freshman year of college. So did my dad. And so, yeah, yeah, 6-11 game, UNC Wilmington, UNC maybe, Wilmington. something like that. Yeah, Correct. right. Mm-hmm. So, uh I just, I just, yeah, the case like burned into my brain and probably everyone else who was watching. So uh, I submitted a bracket and it was terrible. And my roommate knew nothing about college basketball. It's like a computer science guy, uh, like really, really nice person. Awesome roommate. Didn't care about sports whatsoever, but was like, oh, there's a pool. Like, can you, can you do an entry for me? And I had already done mine. And so I go, all right. And I picked stuff that was like, basically every coin flip game i picked the opposite of what i did in my bracket and put it on that one and we had like kansas in the final syracuse in the final four like we had all these things and he won he won the bracket like it was over before the title game and he all i did was pick like opposite of what i actually put in and put it in for him and he won like 300 bucks and i was like this is ridiculous like how did you do this and he's like you did it and i was like i don't even know how this happened and i was like i thought i knew everything and of course i was dead wrong so yeah, there's there's a tip if you want if you want to win your pool like don't think about it a lot I guess would be the right way no. to do something opposite something like that. Yes, the people who always end up doing the best are the people that know the least, right? They pick it off a mascot or they have a family member that went there. That's just that's how it goes, and that's why we love the tournament. Before we give out some best bets, let's drop the uh, dope ass beat here. You better you bet presented by BetMGM. PJ Glasser alongside Ken Barkley today. Tyler Morales is going to give out some bets in college basketball. Myself as well. But make sure you check out BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Simply sign in, click on the Refer a Friend tab. In just a few simple steps, both you and your buddy will receive a $100 bonus. Promotion details can be found on BetMGM.com. Download the BetMGM app and start winning with the king of sports books also download the betql app for all the tools you need to take down the sports books including five-star plays like the under 133 in san francisco and st mary's tyler couple plays in college hoops tonight what do you like yeah, so I'm one of the many giving out Creighton here. I I like Creighton a yeah. lot. Isaac Trotter made a, made a good point. When they last time they played, Creighton missed a ton of open looks. I don't now that Creighton's gonna be home here. I think they're gonna bounce back and have a uh, wrench spot here. I like Creighton. I also took BYU at a number that doesn't exist, but I also like the over in the game too. I think the over is uh, the, the total is a little low here for two teams that all they do is shoot threes and don't really play good defense. I think team those two teams are Jack and it's I think the total is 153 and a half. I like the over as well. If you want to lay BYU minus four and a half, I mean, I still like it. I bet it at three and a half, which doesn't exist. But BYU, the over, I also like and, and Creighton too. I got three bets today. All right. Very nice. 
I'm on Creighton as well. I mean, this is just, this is why we love college basketball. Like this spot, right? I mean, UConn, they just demolished the number four team in the country by 30. They're at home, national game. Everybody's talking about them repeating. Is there any flaws? You got reporters after the game asking uh, the head coach, Danny Hurley, if there's anything that he can do to talk to his team. Like, is there anything that they need to work on? Like, that's the point that it's gotten to with UConn. Now they have to go on the road. And play a game against Creighton, by the way, where they've lost three straight in Omaha. You play against a top 15 team. Creighton's really good. You know, they were a team a lot of people liked in the preseason. They got a really good starting five. They can really score. I mean, this game just screams Creighton. And I agree. Like, you look at the Ken Palm uh, metrics right now. UConn's like 30 points above an average team. Creighton's like 22. So, this game probably should be around like a pick em, But because of the UConn bias right now. Odds makers know that they can lay a two and a half, three, and people will still bet UConn. Kind of reminds me, Ken, of the game last year between Tennessee and Duke that we were talking about in the tournament last year, right? Tennessee was like rated higher, but because of all the love Duke was getting, they were three and a half point favorites, and everybody was still hammering Duke, and Tennessee blows them out. I don't know if Creighton's going to blow out UConn tonight, but I certainly like them plus the points. I take them on the money line as well. I also like Missouri tonight plus the points against Tennessee. A trend I really like in college basketball now that we've gotten to this late in the season that you should kind of keep an eye on, I would advise people. When you get some of the top teams in league play against some of the worst teams in league play and you get these big numbers, like now is the time of the year where you kind of have letdown spots and teams are looking ahead. And when you get teams like Tennessee going against Missouri, there can be letdown spots. I'd like this game a lot better if it was in Knoxville. I think because it's on the road, Tennessee will be a little bit more focused. Nonetheless, though, I'll take Missouri plus the points, plus 12 and a half. Like TCU plus five and a half tonight against Texas Tech. TCU has been a really good road team in Big 12 play this year. They've played six games on the road in Big 12 play. Five of those six games have been decided by five points or less. Jamie Dixon's team's coming off a really good win at the buzzer against Kansas State. I think they keep that momentum tonight going into Lubbock. I'll take the Horned Frogs plus the points. Like the first half under in Maryland and Wisconsin, 61 and a half. Terps have one of the best defenses in the country. Wisconsin plays at one of the slowest paces. I think Maryland's going to struggle to score in this game. They just played an 85-80 game against Illinois, so maybe coming into this game it's a little bit inflated because Maryland had a really good offensive game. They can't shoot. They don't have any scores outside of Jameer Young and Dante Scott. Cole Center's a tough place to play. Historically, since they've been in the Big Ten, they've always struggled to score against Wisconsin on the road. I think this will be a sluggish start. I see this being like a 31-22 kind of game at halftime. I'll take first half under 61 and a half. Love BYU tonight, minus four and a half against Baylor. I just mentioned how tough TCU is on the road and how close they play people. Baylor's eight and four in Big 12 play this year. All four of their losses have been decided by four points or less. Yet here they are on the road in Provo, and this line is four and a half. I think on the surface, a lot of people are going to like Baylor. They're going to think Baylor's the better team. BYU, the metrics have liked them all year. They're kind of off them a little bit. And BYU doesn't really have that kind of like signature win that they can cling on to. They beat San Diego State earlier in the year at home. Beat Iowa State earlier in the year before Iowa State got on their roll. This would be a nice win for them against a really good offensive team in Baylor. I'll take BYU minus the four and a half. And then give me Utah State on the money line against San Diego State. 
don't love this one as much as some of the others, but Utah State's lost three of their last five. They need a win. Obviously, people who have been betting college hoops know that these unranked home teams who are favored against these ranked road teams have been pretty profitable. Just look at Virginia Tech last night against Virginia. So I'll take a little Utah State money line against San Diego State. But certainly love Creighton plus the points and on the money line. Love TCU plus the points like BYU. Maryland, Wisconsin first half under. Mizzou plus the points. And I'll take Utah State on the money line what as well against San Diego State. What that's what we got. That's a, that's a lot of stuff. All right. Well, I'll, I'll all right. I'm going to join the party because this is you guys gave out way too many things for me to just not bet anything. I'll take I'll 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 follow you guys on Creighton, I guess. I'll take Creighton. I'll definitely take BYU. And I actually I like the handicap there, and I like a couple other things about that game the more I look at it. I like BYU a lot. Uh hockey, I'll play Vegas. Second night of a back-to-back. Logan Thompson had a shutout last night. Guess what? The better goalie actually plays tonight, Aiden Hill. They're 140 at home against Nashville. Uh and two-team money line parlay in the in the NHL. Florida and the Kings. Two teams that I think are going to be really hot down the stretch here. Big prices. Uh, yeah, I'm in. You guys gave out a lot of stuff. That was great. That was really good. I I guess, I'm, I guess I'll bet Creighton. I don't know. I, yeah, you will. I just I don't know about the it. The fighting yeah, okay. Kyle's Orvers, Ken. Come on. Going to come through right. for us tonight. Like Let's that. get it done. Fighting Shiremans. We... Right. Yeah, exactly. Fighting right. Shiremans. Right. Fighting Trey Alexanders. Let's, let's just have Leonard's. ourselves tonight. Nick Costos back tomorrow for Ken Barkley on PJ Glasser. You better, you bet presented by BetMGM. Enjoy the hoops, everybody.